Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and other cool stuff. Today, we're going to talk about some linguistic studies about accents that absolutely blew my mind. And then we're going to talk about a common tool called a false range that can set some people's teeth on edge, and yet other people don't even notice. Research has shown over and over that people tend to prefer people who sound like them, leading to what's called accent bias, or negative feelings about people who speak with a different accent. Researchers have found that accent bias leads to problems for non-native speakers by making it harder for them to have the same chances as native speakers to succeed in school or in work. And people often don't have as much legal recourse when they're discriminated against because of the way they sound. For example, employers may argue that the accent would interfere with work performance. But research has shown that even the belief that speakers have an accent, rather than any accent itself, creates a barrier to comprehension. This means that some speakers, especially those who might be mistaken as non-native, might suffer from accent bias without even having an accent. And it may be that the increased cognitive processing required when encountering an unfamiliar accent or just expecting to hear one is partially to blame for problems with communication. This means that some speakers, especially those who might be mistaken as non-native, might suffer from accent bias without even having an accent. And it may be that the increased cognitive processing required when encountering an unfamiliar accent, or just expecting to hear one, is partially to blame for problems with communication. In other words, people have to use a little more brain power when they first hear someone with an accent or even when they see someone and expect to hear an accent. The phenomenon of thinking someone looks like they'll have an accent can lead to what researchers call accent hallucination. Accent hallucination. This is a situation where a native speaker is heard as having a foreign accent when they actually don't. Here's an example. In a well-known study done in the United States in the 1990s, researcher Donald Rubin had college students listen to an audio lecture given by a TA, a university role often filled by foreign PhD students. 
Although all the students heard an identical lecture by the same native English speaker, one group was shown a photo of an Asian woman, and another group was shown a photo of a white woman. Just seeing a non-white teaching assistant made students rate the voice as more accented compared to the students who were shown a white woman's face. What was most surprising, though, was the finding that when tested on what they heard in the lecture, listeners shown the Asian woman's photo didn't do as well, indicating their comprehension was reduced by what they perceived to be an accent. Other studies have found a similar effect. For example, in his dissertation research, linguistics PhD student Ethan Kutlu asked students to transcribe recorded sentences, all of which were spoken in one of three native English varieties—British, American, and Indian. While listening to the recordings, students saw a photo of either a person who appeared to be white or a person who appeared to be South Asian. People who saw a South Asian person's photo rated the voice as more accented, regardless of which variety of English they actually heard, compared to their ratings when they saw a white person while hearing the same voice. More striking, though, seeing the South Asian person's photo affected how well the students were able to transcribe the audio. In other words, just seeing a photo of someone they expected to have an accent made it harder for them to accurately understand and transcribe what was said. These results add to earlier research that found seeing photos of Asian Canadians also affected how accented and intelligible listeners perceived native speakers' voices to be. Accent hallucination. While a number of studies suggest accent hallucination occurs because people's stereotypes cause them to hear phantom accents, researchers have also hypothesized that such effects are a byproduct of the extra work the brain needs to do when encountering a perceived mismatch between what you see and what you hear. In other words, the fact that the voice didn't match the potentially biased expectations triggered by the photo increased the amount of cognitive processing a person had to do, and diverted people's attention away from the material covered or the words to transcribe. If just looking like you could have an accent has negative consequences, what about people who do in fact have an accent? Is there evidence that processing costs might also play a role in how non-native speakers are evaluated? Well, some research suggests the answer is yes. Finding, for example, that hearing something unfamiliar, like a non-native accent, can have unexpected and detrimental consequences, like leading people to find a non-native speaker less trustworthy. In a 2010 study, psychologists Shiri Lev Ari and Boaz Kazar asked listeners to rate the truthfulness of trivia statements like "ants don't sleep" when recited by both native and non-native speakers. When non-native speakers made the statements, people rated those statements as less credible, even when that accent was mild. Statements from people with heavier non-native accents were rated even lower on truthfulness. Although bias or prejudice against non-native speakers still plays a key part and may condition speaker expectations, as with the studies on accent hallucination, researchers speculate that processing costs might also be playing a role in the lower credibility ratings in this study. 
Maybe the lower ratings were because of the extra work required in parsing non-native speech, since a lot of research suggests that unexpected or unfamiliar voices take more effort to process. In other words, people might be misconstruing the harder time they have understanding someone with an accent as indicating something about the speaker instead, that, for example, the person is less trustworthy. So how can we do better? Fortunately, we are fast and flexible learners. When listeners receive more information about non-native accents or training with non-native accents, they seem to process it more easily. Two things seem to help listeners adapt to different accents. One, more exposure to non-native speech. And two, more information about what to expect when they're about to hear someone talking. First, a number of studies find that giving listeners exposure to foreign-accented speech can help increase comprehension when they later hear someone with that accent. Just being familiar with the accent reduces the amount of cognitive processing a listener has to do and can decrease problems like finding accented speakers less credible. Of course, this only works when the cause of processing difficulty is due to unfamiliarity and not when underlying prejudice makes the listener simply less willing to make the processing effort. Second, research also has suggested that merely giving listeners more information about what to expect, for example, telling them that the speaker has a specific type of accent, such as a Chinese accent or a French accent, can help listeners adapt more quickly. This is probably because there's less of a mismatch between a listener's expectation and what they actually hear, which might be responsible for at least some of the results found in the accent hallucination experiments we talked about earlier. Likewise, when subjects in the trustworthiness study were told that processing difficulty can affect the believability of non-native speech before the rating task, people with mild accents no longer took a hit on trustworthy ratings compared to native speakers. This suggests that this type of additional information can indeed help listeners recognize that it's their processing difficulty and not a speaker's credibility that's at play. More diverse social networks also seem to decrease the likelihood that people will hallucinate an accent or have problems with intelligibility. For instance, in the transcription task, where students were shown the face of a South Asian person or a white person, Students who said they had more diversity in their social networks were better at transcribing the sentences. And finally, encouraging listeners to have a growth mindset, for example, by telling them that their ability to understand will improve, may also be a way to improve communication and understanding between native and non-native speakers. In short, it does appear that priming a positive mindset and giving listeners more contextual information about who they're listening to can go quite far in decreasing the negative outcomes from accent bias, both for listeners and speakers. That segment was by Valerie Fridland, a professor of linguistics at the University of Nevada in Reno and the author of a forthcoming book titled Like Literally Dude, about all the speech habits we love to hate. She's also a language expert for Psychology Today, where she writes a monthly blog called Language in the Wild. You can find her at ValerieFridland.com or on Twitter as FridlandValerie. And in case you were wondering, ants actually do sleep. Apparently, they take a lot of naps. You like to watch new stuff, right? 
well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules? only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally first with words, then with phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Have you ever needed to convey how much something grew? Have you ever needed to tell someone how long you did something? If so, you've probably needed to use a range. A range describes a relationship between two extremes. If the term sounds familiar, you might have heard it in math class, along with terms like median and mode. Ranges function similarly in grammar. They show us contrast within a set. They're often used to convey things like size and duration, and ranges can also show progression over time. For example, Squiggly worked from dawn till dusk on his school project. Penguins range in size from two-pound little blues to 90-pound emperors. The price increased from $4 to $7.50. And Aardvark traveled from Omaha, Nebraska to Nairobi, Kenya for his vacation. One of the first telltale signs that you're dealing with a range is seeing the words from and to. Almost always, you'll see the from in front and the to between two nouns. Otherwise, you'll probably see the word range itself. For example, Aardvark's vocal range is two octaves. Seems like a relatively simple and easy piece of guidance to follow, right? Well, you might be surprised. Enter the false range. Lisa McLendon, who runs the Bremner Editing Center at the University of Kansas Journalism School, defines the false range as the construction everything from X to Y, or ranging from X to Y, 
that throws in a couple of items for X and Y to show diversity. She says, the problem is that most of these items don't fall along a real continuum, a point A to point B line, hence the appellation false for the range. Much like the arrow inside the FedEx logo, once you see a false range, you'll see them everywhere. For example, the lawmakers tried everything to address the budget shortfall, from cutting spending to raising taxes to holding a bake sale. Diana can do it all, from sweeping the floors to organizing the spice rack to swimming laps. And Aardvark had everything in his music collection, from smooth jazz to 90s pop music to Norwegian death metal. If you scratched your head at those examples and asked, wait, what? Now you know the problem with false ranges. The problem first and foremost is that it's confusing at first glance. What do you do if you find a false range in your own writing? How do you fix it? Well, false ranges are easy to fix once you know what the swap is. But first, you need to ask yourself what you're trying to convey and who the intended audience is. McClendon recommends using the words variety or including instead. Here's one of those sentences with a false range again. The lawmakers tried everything to address the budget shortfall, from cutting spending to raising taxes to holding a bake sale. Here's a better way that uses the word including. The lawmakers tried several different strategies to address the budget shortfall, including cutting spending, raising taxes, and holding a bake sale. Instead of, Diana can do it all from sweeping the floors to organizing the spice rack to swimming laps, you could say something like, Diana has a variety of skills. She can sweep the floors, organize the spice rack, and swim three laps. And if you want to show that Aardvark has diverse taste in music, instead of saying, Aardvark had everything in his music collection from smooth jazz to 90s pop music to Norwegian death metal, you could say, Aardvark has a vast collection of music. It includes smooth jazz, 90s pop music, and even Norwegian death metal. False ranges and their fixes are considered slightly old-fashioned among editors, but occasionally false ranges are hotly debated. If you want to watch a fight break out among a group of editors, try yelling, false ranges are great! <laughs> For example, a Q&A from an editor at the Chicago Manual of Style has this to say about false ranges. Quote, Remember that overuse of the device can annoy readers. Know, too, that persnickety readers dislike false ranges, although they're an accepted figure of speech. A true range is something like from A to Z. A false range is from cell phones to coffee makers, where there are no logical endpoints to form a range, unquote. More tellingly, the Associated Press style book doesn't have a proper entry on false ranges. Its entry on ranges is even thinner than the Q&A from the Chicago Manual of Style, but there are if you ask the editor entries. What's particularly odd and frustrating about this absence is that ideas about range in language are primarily from people in journalism and mass media. And what's worse, often wire stories from AP contain false ranges. For those in favor of keeping false ranges, they'll often say that almost everyone knows what you mean if you say, Meryl Streep has such a range, or a range of basic goods and services, and that it's an acceptable figure of speech. 
For those in favor of removing them, they'll say that false ranges can be confusing and distracting. Not all readers have an easy time understanding figurative language, either. The late Bill Walsh of the Washington Post described false ranges as, quote, a tired device, unquote, and challenged writers to be more creative. Ultimately, the question you have to ask yourself in your own writing is, will this make sense for my intended readers? In any case, you have a range of options to choose from. (laughs) Oops, a variety of options to choose from. That segment was written by Rhiannon Root, a longtime copy editor based in Washington, D.C. You can find her on Twitter as Rhiannon Root. Finally, I have a Familect story. Hi, I have a Familect story about my mom, who's a great storyteller, not always a great story listener. If we're talking about something, we'll, we'll start with the topic, like let's say that Luke and Leia from the Star Wars movies were twins. And then we'll get further into the story. Who's their parents? Who are they related to? Who's the uncle? Who's the dad? Who's the mom? And then my mom will join in and say, and what's better than all that is they're twins. And of course, we'd already said that. So at that point, we'll turn to my mother and say, yeah, thanks, Chris. Referring, of course, to Christopher Columbus, who discovered something that was already there. Thanks so much. I think many of us have someone like that in our family, and that little quip makes me laugh. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) Grammar Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. Thanks to my audio engineer, Nathan Sims, and my editor, Adam Cecil, who finished 17th out of 30 in his first season as a Learned League competitor. Good job, Adam. Our ad operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchings. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. And I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find me on Twitter as Grammar Girl and on Instagram as The Grammar Girl. That's all. Thanks for listening. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.